0: 1 Samuel 16 verse 7, God says these words. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Men and women look at the face, but God looks into the heart. We, we're, so, we're so quick to judge a book by its cover, aren't we? And even in the movie in Beauty and the Beast, there's this there's this line that says, Don't be um, don't be deceived by appearances beauty is from within. But that is dependent on what is actually within. So don't be deceived on uh, appearances, but beauty or even ugliness comes from within. And today, we're just going to look briefly, we're going to touch on the movie from Beauty and the Beast. And just to start off, we're going to draw some comparisons between Beauty and the Beast And we're gonna compare Beauty and the Beast to the lives of King David and King Saul in the Old Testament. And we know that in the Old Testament, the children of Israel no longer wanted judges, they demanded a king. So the children of Israel demanded a king, and Saul was made king number one. He was the people's choice in every way the Bible says that there was no other person more handsome than this guy, and when he stood up, he was head and shoulders above everybody else. He was exactly what the people wanted. He fitted the bill. He was just perfect in every. He even looked like royalty. So they were quite happy and with, with, with the choice of Saul, and he started off his journey really well. His, his kingly role, he started off well. But he started to disobey God. He started disobeying God. He became jealous. He became puffed up, full of pride, full of arrogance, thinking he could do whatever he wanted without God. And so God rejected him. God actually rejected the first king, King Saul. So lesson for us, beware of pride. Pride is always followed by its first cousin, called a fall. Before pride, with pride comes a fall. Pride comes before a fall, and a haughty look before destruction. So God chose the second king of Israel, who is King David. And this young shepherd boy was overlooked by his own father, by his own brother's, he was the youngest of eight sons he had no rank he had no wealth he had no inheritance he had no there was no reason for him to be considered as king and despite his humble be- his humble beginnings Despite instead of, instead of looking at you know his size and his age and his lack and the fact that his his role was as a shepherd boy, God raised him up from that position of low esteem, from that position of low esteem, looking after sheep. Man, they are thick. But really, but but God had this guy sit on a throne, reigning over. Israel, he became the greatest king of Israel. So God chose the seemingly insignificant young shepherd boy. So I just want to encourage you, you know what, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where, what your past was. The Bible says that God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Don't be impressed by the outward appearance. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. And so looking at the main character of Beauty and the Beast, and we look at the guy who starts off the beast, who starts off as a prince. And um, what I like about the movie is, all throughout the movie, um, Beauty has a name. Her name is Belle. Belle. Is the beauty. Beast doesn't have a name. Throughout the whole movie, there's no name given to him. This guy who starts off as a prince, he's not named. And I love the fact that this is not a picture of God because God says to us in Isaiah, 43 he says fear not for I have redeemed you I have called you by your name God knows your name he knows your postcode he knows where you come from and he knows where he's taking you so we're not we're not talking here about that this prince is a parallel to anything like that we're just giving him an example as like a soul but he started off as a prince. He even looked like royalty. He was head and shoulders above everybody. He commanded uh, court to, 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 to... Everything sort of circled around him. You know, he, he, he would open up his mouth and say, I want this, and he would get it most of the time. But he was privileged, he was pompous, he was prideful, he was arrogant, and um, he was manipulative and controlling and just a nasty... Piece of work, and whenever, whatever he wanted, he got, but it was only for a season. So he had the money, the looks, the prestige, the power. It sounds all good, but his heart was bad, and that heart cost him everything. And then one day, this enchantress arrives and she asks, she's seeking shelter from a storm, and she offers him a rose in payment to seek shelter from the storm. And the prince being selfish, being him his usual self, he refused to. And he didn't know, that she came disguised as an old beggar. He thought she was just an old beggar, but she was actually an enchantress. And so she cast a spell, she warned him. She said, I'm casting a spell over you and your household. And this spell will stay in place Okay, we're not into magicians and stuff, just by the way, okay? We're not, not, we're not, we're not going to go and do this, but this is just as an example. But, um, but his household would remain under the spell until that last petal of the rose fell. And the only way out of that spell was for the beast to love someone and to be loved. That's the only way that that spell would be broken. So there was a time limitation on it. There there was a time restraint, so he had as much time as it took before that last petal fell from the rose, and so this is what happened, the entire castle fell under the spell, the beast wouldn't get his own way, and it shows you throughout the movie, he rants and raves and has fits of anger, fits of rage, he's just really displaying temper tantrums, he was a real nasty guy, and everyone in the household was affected by him by his rages, by his tantrums, and in fact, everybody in the household was transformed into something else, so there was a teacup, and there was a teapot, and there were all these characters displayed throughout the movie, but they were all subject to his temper tantrums. And you know, just bring it home a little bit, how many of us know that we control the atmosphere in our home? We control the atmosphere in our home. You know, whenever we throw a temper tantrum, when we start pouting and um, sulking, you know what? It affects everyone else in the home. Even if you're living alone, and I know there are some in this in this congregation where people live alone. I lived alone for a number of years, and I know what I used to get on my own nerves. Like because I'd get myself so upset with myself. Like, what's wrong with you, Sandy? Come right. You know what? I'd get on my own nerves. But our attitudes affect others. Our attitudes can affect our household. Um, when we go to work, our attitudes can affect our colleagues. Or if you're still at school, your attitude can affect your school friends. So life isn't all about us getting our own way all the time. The Bible says we're to consider one another, to prefer one another, to be kindly affectionate to one another, to love one another. So let's set the atmosphere right in our homes. Everybody here is responsible. You're responsible for the word you hear. Okay, so you're responsible for setting the right atmosphere in your homes. Turn on the light. Turn on the light. Jesus is the light. Come on. So let's go home. We're going to turn on the light in our homes, and we're going to set the atmosphere In our homes. So anyway, in this movie um, Belle's father is um, captured by the beast and he's imprisoned. So Belle goes looking for her father and finds him and she offers to take her father's place in prison. So she exchanges her freedom for his. So she goes to prison and the father goes free and initially Belle, uh, the Beast, wanted Belle for himself. He was taken by her beauty, he was captivated by her beauty, and he was also, he, he was touched by her love for her father, the fact that she was willing to go to prison and let her father go free, but Beast locked her up as well in a prison for a time as well. And I love what Chris shared recently, he was saying those, he said, lust is about taking, whereas love is about giving. Lust takes at, the, takes at the expense of others, whereas love gives at the cost to self. I'm going to repeat that. Lust takes at the expense of others. Gimme, gimme, gimme. It's all about me, whereas love gives at a cost to self. And who better than Jesus Christ, for God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son. He gave his best. He held nothing back at a cost to himself. He forsook his own son. When Jesus was on that cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me. God turned his back on his only son because of the sin of the world that was placed upon him. God gave his only son, Jesus Christ. And just uh, just to know that nobody took Jesus's life from him. He gave his life. He gave himself as a ransom for many, the Bible says. So back to our story about Beast, Beauty and the Beast. Beast was attacked by wolves, and, um, and Belle starts nursing him back to health, and slowly but surely um, Beast starts falling in love with this girl, this beautiful girl, he was, and he was taken by her kindness, that, he, that she showed towards him. She started nursing his wounds. And Beast found redemption through love. That's how he found redemption. He had a life-transforming moment. And it was the kindness of Belle that, that melted his heart. It was the kindness of her that touched his heart. And it's the same for us. It's the same for us. Our life-transforming moment, our redemption is based on that goodness, on that mercy, on that kindness, on the love of God through Jesus Christ. You know, it's the goodness of God that leads us towards repentance. And that repentance, that turning away, that turning away from our old life and embracing Jesus Into the new is what causes our own personal life-transforming moment. There's an exchange that takes place. There's an exchange. God takes away our old sin nature. He doesn't just cover it. He takes it away. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. He takes away our heart of stone and gives us that heart of flesh, and in an instant we are saved. In that instant, salvation is instantaneous. We are instantly redeemed. What does that mean? We're in right relationship with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. The minute you receive him, the minute you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're redeemed, you're saved. That's it. Your old is gone. The new has come. He's given you that new heart, that new heart of flesh. Oh, it's wonderful. But you know what? So salvation is instantaneous. But sometimes the working out of that salvation takes time. It takes time. The Bible says that we are God's workmanship. We're a work in progress. None of us have arrived. We're not called to perfection. Okay, don't stop trying to be perfect in every way. Give up now, surrender. We're never going to be perfect until we go home to be with the Lord and we'll see Him who is perfect, okay? But sometimes, we're we're a work in progress and none of us have arrived. You know what? Maybe maybe you've had a bad start to your life. You know, maybe if you try and figure out who am I in the midst of this Beauty and the Beast story, the Saul, the King Saul or the King David story, where do I fit in? Maybe you've had a bad start in life. Or maybe you've you've had a good start and you've but you've made some bad choices. But just because you've had a bad start in life doesn't mean that you have to end badly. Because it's not about how we start. It's about how we finish. I love that song, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And at the end of the day, I will still be singing. You know what? It's always been Chris's thing, and it's and it kind of feeds me when he, when he, ever, he says, oh, I'm going to finish today better than I started. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, we, 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 we get up in the morning, we experience God's mercies, we experience his beauty, his grace, his kindness, his forgiveness. But life is fluid. And stuff happens. And, and man, people get in the way. And stuff happens. And traffic and shops and school and colleagues. You know what I'm saying? And stuff happens. But determine in your heart, you're going to end today with a song on your heart. Because that's what, that's what that new heart can do. It sings, it, it, it glorifies God. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to end this day better than the way I began. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. But when you stumble, because I'm sorry, I'm not confessing this over you, but okay, I'll speak to the sanctified ones if you ever stumble, okay, just repent, just repent, forgive yourself, dust yourself off, forgive yourself and move your, move on, and stop reminding yourself of, of all your failures, of all the things you've done wrong, and start reminding yourself of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus, start reminding yourself, he who began he who began a good work in you will complete it. Look back at what God has done in your life. Remember the mercies of God. Remember the, good, remember the milestones. Forget the tombstones. Remember the milestones, what God has done in your life, what he's brought you through. How far he's brought you. You know what? I don't recognize myself. And I tell you what, I know I can stand before you this day and tell you I know I haven't arrived. I know that God is at work in my life. I know I've got a long, long way to go. But I don't recognize me anymore. I, I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 30 years ago, the day I gave my life to Jesus. My life has changed. My life I have changed. and that is what God is doing he's not looking for perfection he's looking for authenticity he's looking for authenticity he's looking for the real you that's who God's looking for who are you we sang that song about who I am in Christ I'm chosen not forsaken I am a child of God That's who the real you is. If you're a child of God, if you are born again, today you are are adopted, you are accepted, you are forgiven, you are loved by God. But Psalm 51 verse 6, thanks Johnny, the Bible says, God desires truth in the inward parts. Truth about who God is, and truth about who we are. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart, the outward appearance. We can wear a facade, we can, you remember, in, during COVID, we all wore masks, and in some ways it was quite nice, you know, because you were wearing a mask, you'd stick your tongue up to people and they wouldn't even know, <laughs> you know. That, I didn't do that, I just heard about that. But you know, but we can wear a mask, but it, it's what's going on on the inside that matters. Proverbs 31.30 says this, in the NRV, I think it is, "Eh, Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. Beauty is short-lived. In the grand scheme of things, beauty is short-lived. But a woman, and I'll put in there, or a man who fears the Lord is to be praised. To fear the Lord. Means to believe in him. It's not we're scared of him. We're not scared of God. We can have confidence. We can enter boldly into his very presence by the blood of Jesus Christ. He's made a living way. We can have boldness to go enter into, into his presence. But um, we believe in God. It's about believing him, trusting God. Joshua 24:14 says, fear the Lord serve him, in utter, worship him in sincerity and in truth. God looks on the heart. but What is he looking for? What is God looking on our heart for? Apart from authenticity, he's looking for fruit. He's looking for fruit. And remember, in the account in Mark chapter 11, Jesus curses the fig tree. He curses the fig tree the fig tree, the reason he cursed the fig tree is because the fig tree was displaying all these leaves, but there was no fruit. There was no fruit. It was pretending to bear fruit. And when Jesus went look, looking, the tree was displaying all the trimmings. Look at all my leaves. Look at all my leaves. But there was no fruit. Man looks at the outward appearance. All the trimmings, all the leaves. You know, and sometimes even, um, you know, I'm sorry to say this, but sometimes I've seen some people that can look good on the outside. They can even sort of blossom. They can show off a little flower blooming here and there and a little flower blooming here. But we're not called to be blooming Christians. Okay? We call to be fruitful. We're called to be fruitful. So God desires that we that we bear much fruit. Not just a little bit here and there but to bear much fruit and we know that fruit is produced as a result of something so if you've got an apple tree your apple tree will produce apples because that's what it does the fruit is the result of being something it's not as a result of doing something we are human beings, not human human doings. Okay, the apple tree produces apples because of what it is. We produce fruit. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit in us. We have the fruit of the Spirit within us, and we should be able to manifest, that fruit should manifest in our lives. At home, we've got um, some Asa pots, we have some Acer trees in pots, and they're beautiful. They have beautiful foliage, but they're not fruit trees. They don't produce fruit. That's not their purpose. They're there, just there to look good and create a little bit of contrast. That's all that they're there for. But God is looking for fruit in our lives. He's looking for us to be authentic, to be real, to be true. He desires truth in the inward parts. Jesus said. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad, and the fruit will be bad. What's going on on the inside will determine the fruit that we produce, because out of the heart flow the issues of life. What's going on inside comes out and affects everything, everything in our lives. Jesus said, you will know them, their fruit, that fruit of the Holy Spirit, that fruit that is produced. I want to encourage you. you're baptised in the Holy Spirit, spend some time praying in your heavenly language. We will be praying for people one of these fine days to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I tell you what, praying in the Spirit, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. We are a Pentecostal church. We believe in the praying in the spirit we believe in tongues we are tongue talkers come on people we are tongue talkers but we have the we we have the holy spirit within us and we must build ourselves up and allow the holy spirit to produce in our lives so we we have this relationship with god spend some time with the lord spend some time in relation. Just talk to him. We don't have to have flowery words. We don't have to uh, speak in Elizabethan. We don't have to speak in Latin. We just speak to God. Just speak to him, that relationship with him. It's about relationship. It's about intimacy. It's about communion communion you know we have communion every now and then we need to have communion again possibly two weeks time we'll have communion but it's about partaking of the of the lord's body but we have the holy spirit in christ in us the hope of glory we need to commune commune with fellowship have intimacy with god the father through the holy spirit so i'm coming into land probably wondering where i'm going with all this But in Beauty and the Beast we have that rose petal, that final rose petal that is left hanging in the balance which defines Beast's future. He had to find love and he had to give love before that last petal fell. There was an expiry date and it was a race against time before that last petal fell. And if Beast didn't find love, and give love before that last petal fell, it would have been tickets for him and his household. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound like a prophet of doom and gloom, but we too have an expiry date, okay? None of us know when it is, we don't know when it is, but I tell you what, we will all be a perfect, one of a perfect statistic 10 out of 10 of us, 100% of us will die, okay? I'm not prophesying that over you, but we will die. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So we're going to close with a scripture from Ecclesiastes 12. Like that rose petal, like that final rose petal that was waiting, it was just waiting for him to find love, we too have a kind of a rose petal. We have an expiry date. And listen to what it says in Ecclesiastes 12. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come. And the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. How many times I've heard older people say to me, I have no pleasure in my life. And I'm sorry to, my, my mother-in-law is in not a good place right now. She has no pleasure in her life. But he says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come, and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them while the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are not darkened, and the clouds do not return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble, he's talking there, the keepers of the house of the limbs, when the limbs start trembling, when you get up in the morning and your legs are shaking, when you can't hold a glass of water because you're shaking so much, when the keepers of the house tremble, and the strong men bow down when they start stooping, when suddenly the back becomes bent, when those grinders cease because they are few, there goes the tooth, there goes another one, when the grinders of the teeth grow few, uh, they cease because they are few, and those that look through the windows grow dim, when the eyesight Starts, starts going a little bit foggy, when the doors are shut in the streets and the sound of grounding grinding is low, when the hearing isn't working as well as what it used to, when one rises up at the sound of a bird, suddenly you're waking up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., and um, you don't require much sleep, you, you, as you get older, you, you, you don't need as much sleep. You know, when, when I was growing up, I thought, I can't wait to get old. Because when I get old, I'm going to be able to sleep until 10 o'clock every morning. That's, what, that's my mission in life. And then suddenly, as I got older, I was like, but it's like 6am, it's like 5am. I, I want to sleep until 10am, but I just don't, so I get up. Uh, but we don't need as much sleep. And all the daughters of music are brought low. There's no pleasure in sound, there's no pleasure in music even, and um, all, um, also they're afraid of heart and of terrors in the way. People can become fearful. When the almond tree blossoms, when an almond tree blossoms, it goes white. So when the, when the hair starts going gray, There's nothing wrong with it. When the grasshopper is a burden, when the grasshopper starts dragging his feet, when he's lost that spring in his step and desire fails, when the person has no joy, no desire for the good things in life. It says, For man goes to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets. Remember your Creator before the silver cord is loosed. Remember your creator before that last petal falls. Once that last petal falls, it's too late. Once that silver cord is severed, it's too late. Remember your creator before the silver cord is severed. That silver cord, he goes on and he talks about the golden bowl is broken. He's talking about something of value. And he's talking about you, child of God. You, your life, your life matters. You are important to God. Your life has value. And how you live your life matters. How you live your life Matters. Decisions made in this life affect your eternity. Decis- decisions. God desires truth in the inward parts. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way. No one comes to the Father but by Jesus. He is the truth. Choose Jesus. Choose Jesus. Choose the truth today. Desire that truth in the inward parts. Don't put it off another day. Remember your creator while you are still alive. Let's just close our eyes. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for your goodness. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to you but by you. I thank you, Lord, for your your great love that you have towards us, that while we were yet sinners, Jesus, you died for us. I just want to give everybody an opportunity, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior today if you want before that silver cord is severed, why don't you raise your hand and let me pray for you today. Let me pray for you. There's no need to be embarrassed. There's no need to be ashamed. God said that um, if you confess me before man, I'll confess you before the Father. There's no need to be ashamed. There's no need to be embarrassed. Father, I just thank you for every single person here today. I thank you, Lord, that we can remember you, our creator, this day. That, Father God, that you desire truth in the inward parts, in my heart, in my brother's heart, in my sister's heart. I thank you, Lord, you're looking for authenticity. I thank you, Lord, that we will still bear fruit in old age. That we will be fresh and flourishing. That this picture that you painted in Ecclesiastes, Lord God, we 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 want to be fresh and flourishing. We're not we're not committing to 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 living this destitute, old, impoverished life. But Lord, I thank you that that you give us life and you give it in abundance. And so, Father, I thank you. I just thank you for your healing touch in everybody's life. Those who are, are more mature in age, Father, I thank you that, that their lives will be fresh and flourishing. That, Lord God, that they will still bear fruit in old age. And those that are younger, I thank you, Lord, that as as they go about their business on a day-to-day basis, that they will remember you. They will remember you. They will remember your goodness. They will remember the work that you've started in them. You will complete, and we give you praise, and we give you thanks in Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen Amen. and amen.